Welcome to another exciting episode of the Chiefs Wire podcast. I'm Ed Easton Jr. On today's episode, Marcus Mosher, the managing editor of the Raiders Wire, shares his thoughts on the Raiders heading into Sunday's matchup. Also on our Chiefs Wire roundtable, we break down the upcoming matchup as well as look back at the unusual Monday night game against the Patriots. But first, as always, we start off with Chiefs Wire managing editor, Charles Goldman. What was your biggest takeaway from Monday night's victory over the Patriots? It's not always going to be pretty with this Kansas City Chiefs team, especially when you're going up against a great head coach like Bill Belichick, who really knows on the defensive side of the ball how to kind of frustrate Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you look back at really the only three games that Mahomes has not had a touchdown in the first two quarters. All three of them are against Bill Belichick coach defenses and the New England Patriots. So he just has a knack for shutting Mahomes down. But but look, hey, the the Chiefs, they have a target on their back. They're the reigning Super Bowl champions. They're despised for their success. And every team, including the Patriots, they're going to give them their best shot week in and week out. It doesn't matter who's going out there on the field, if it's Cam Newton or his backup quarterback they're still going to get the absolute best shot from all of these teams. But they're also not going to go down so easily. They're not going to necessarily be denied just because they're challenged. So even after another ugly win on Monday, I, I feel like this team might be a better and more complete team than they were a season ago. And they've certainly got a lot of fight in them, Um, And I think that will prove to be very important down the line as they continue to be challenged throughout the season. How would you evaluate the Chiefs defense after four weeks? As the best unit on the team. (laughs) Seriously, they've allowed the third fewest points in the NFL with 70 points allowed on the season. The secondary alone, I mean, they've only allowed four passing touchdowns all year Despite the constant moving pieces with injury, they've had rookies starting in there and all of that. I I mean, uh, really impressive stuff from this defense so far. The the defensive line, I mean, they're one of the top teams in the league at at pressuring the quarterback. Uh, They're they're getting sacks. They're getting pressure. Uh, Really, I'm just impressed with, with what this group has done in their second year under Steve Spagnuolo. All right. If there's one area, I guess, where they need to improve the run defense and the linebacker group, I feel like they're getting there, though. Getting Willie Gay Jr. into the lineup this last week, he played 25 snaps. That was a step in the right direction that they needed to take. And I think he'll only continue to get better and learn the defense better, get more snaps as the season goes on. Right now, so far, it is very hard to come away and just not be impressed with what this defense has done. Who has been the biggest surprise on offense so far after the first four weeks? Well, I'm going to go ahead and give you two. I think the answer is some sort of combination of Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Kalechi Osemele. Right now, Edwards-Hilaire has the fifth most attempts of any player this season. He has the sixth most rushing yards of any running back right now. 
And he he has 220 yards after contact. And he's fifth on the team in receiving yards. I mean, he's just been a complete weapon for, for Kansas City. He's definitely uh, shown to be as advertised coming out of LSU. And I'll tell you what, he's due for a big breakout type of a game. And I'm looking at this Raiders matchup. They've allowed 553 rushing yards on the ground this season. So that game could be coming this week for Edwards Elaire. And I'm I'm really looking forward to that one. Um as for, for Osemele, I, I think that he's just completely changed the attitude and complexion of the offensive line this season. He plays with a nastiness that the Chiefs were really missing on the offensive line. And I mean moving forward. I think you have to find those types of players if you're Kansas City. I really hope they can find a way to tack on a few extra years to Osemele's contract after 2020. But even so, when you go and evaluate offensive linemen moving forward, I think that's the type of thing that you're looking for to really help with not only the run game, but even in pass protection, just getting that kind of nastiness and that type of attitude um, in, in some more of your players there. Are you concerned about the future of the NFL season as COVID-19 related cases have led to games being rescheduled? They're, they're going to find a way to make this season work, rain or shine, because there's simply too much money at stake. <laughs> uh, capitalism, ain't it grand? But uh, look, obviously right now, the biggest concern is the outbreak that's going on with the Tennessee Titans. They've had a number of players and staff test positive. And they seem to have violated some protocols here recently. Some players practice away from the facility in a period when they were supposed to be isolating. And, and that's the type of stuff that I think can really derail this season. Um, you have to kind of trust the protocols that have been set up and put in place by the NFL and by these teams and, and follow them to the, the letter of the law. And uh, teams not doing that, you know, is ob- obviously already putting some things here at risk. Um, you look at what happened with the Raiders, with the charity event, they had a bunch of maskless players and now they have a few players ahead of this upcoming game that are testing positive. So that, that's obviously a concern, a concern for the the chiefs this week. Um, but it's also already hurting the chiefs that the bills who the chiefs play in week six, they could be getting a bye week ahead of that game because the Titans who they're supposed to play in week five, are, are all uh, dealing with this mess. They had another player test positive, I believe, today. So they need two consecutive days without a positive test uh, to be able to return to their facilities and practice. And this next game between the Titans and the Bills is shaping up to be uh, postponed as well. So it, it provides them with a bit of uh, the Bills, that is, with a bit of a competitive advantage. And um you know, that's that's not good news for, for the Chiefs, being that the Bills are one of the best teams in the AFC right now. So um, it, that that's something to be concerned about and, and that the NFL is going to have to keep a close eye on. As for the positive case in Kansas City with uh, Jordan Tamu, the practice squad quarterback, and then the potential exposure of Patrick Mahomes to Patriots cornerback Stephon Gilmore, who uh, tested positive here on Wednesday. Um, I, I trust Rick Burkholder and his staff and that they're being incredibly thorough with all of this and doing their absolute best to keep everyone on the team safe. 
um, to keep everyone following the protocols, to keep them up to date with everything that the NFL is putting out there and mandating for the team. I really think that that you just got to have trust right now. And uh, we're, we're going to see some changes. We're going to see some things happening. Uh, and we're all going to have to adjust to that. You know, games are going to get postponed. And, and we're just going to have to learn to work with that. So it, it's just kind of the reality that we're having to deal with right now. And I don't know that I necessarily see the NFL going towards like a bubble type of situation. But if they continue down on the path that they're currently dealing with right now and things get worse, that's certainly something that they are going to have to explore. Are there any particular stories from Chiefs Wire you would like to highlight from the past week? Yeah, we've got our rookie report card kind of covering the rookies through the first quarter of the season. It just gives kind of the general impression of how the rookies have done so far and how they're trending as we get through the next quarter of the season. Um, there's obviously a ton on the COVID-19 situation right now, specifically the positive tests that could impact the Chiefs moving forward. We've got a lot of our preview content going up ahead of Raiders week, so be on the lookout for that. Obviously, we have a ton of stuff recapping the week four win against the Patriots. Uh, your stock watch video and article are out there, which are fantastic, Ed. Please check that out, Chiefs Kingdoms putting in some really good work with that stuff as always we appreciate you guys tuning in to the podcast and reading the website thank you so much for all of that we appreciate you so much go chiefs for more information on this story and others head over to chiefswire.com and we'll give you all the details you need on the kansas city chiefs coming up next the chiefs wire podcast roundtable Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back. It's that time again. It is time for the Chiefs Wire Roundtable. I got Mitch Carty, and I got Talon Graff. Guys, we are 4-0. Feels great. How are you guys feeling this week? Yeah, I'm feeling pretty confident. Um, you know, it was a little stressful at times against the Patriots, but we ended strong, and, and they look good Look good going into week five. Another whole, you know, stuff with the Buffalo Bills and or uh, not the Buffalo Bills, New England Patriots, and they're testing positive stuff. It's kind of scary right now for the Chiefs. But, hey, um, you just got to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, a win is a win. I'll take them how they come. It wasn't very pretty, but, hey, we're 4-0. We're looking good. Hopefully we can keep it going. Definitely. And, and you know, let's, let's actually talk about this. The, the NFL now over the last uh, week or so has seen a spike in COVID positive um, tests recently. It, is this? I'm just going to get you guys' opinion on this just to kind of gauge it. Do you feel like this is a huge concern considering the way the regular season is kind of being, like, put together and shoveled around in terms of games and days? Should this be a concern long-term for the NFL, not just the Chiefs? And, um, Talon, I'm going to start with you on that one. I mean, yeah, I think it has to be. I mean, it has to be something that you have to kind of not foresee but be prepared to happen because it was, it was expected. We all kind of knew this was coming at some point. Um, you know, we're four weeks into the season and, and, and it's starting to be kind of jump around to all these different teams now. And it's, it's going to get worse before it gets better. So, yeah, I don't know if the, if the NFL needs to put in a, you know, ex, some more bye weeks, extend the season, which is no, really no reason they couldn't do that. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think it's a concern just because already we're seeing like forfeiture 
things being thrown around with Tennessee and um, now we're seeing players breaking protocol, which it's not like they went out to a nightclub, but they had a, you know, a, a practice that went beyond the, you know, the guidelines. So they're, they put other teams at harm. Yeah. So I think at some point we're going to see a change or shift or there's going to be something happen to where they need to really address this. Yeah. It, I mean, it, I'll just be honest. It sucks. Uh, you know, it kind of sucks that we weren't able to play Cam Newton. Like it, it sucks that we weren't able to play him and you know, be able to compete against him. But like, there's going to be have to be some type of change because, you know, you know, there are, there's going to be problems with, uh, you know, if there's going to be problems with Patrick Mahomes getting sick, there's going to be problems with Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, some of these big other names that, you know, if they get sick, it's going to be really hurtful for the league. Like, we don't watch the NFL. We don't watch the Chiefs to see Chad Henney play. So, I don't know if they can figure out a bubble or something like that. I know there's a lot of different – there's a ton of ton of players, a lot more than the NBA. But, uh, you know, I think adding maybe a few extra bye weeks if, uh, if uh, players continue to get sick or maybe figuring out, like, you know, somewhat of a more contained – area for players to stay to help, you know, get the season moving along, help it stay smooth. I think that'd be ideal, but I just don't know what that is at the moment, but uh, it definitely is a concern right now. Um, you know what the, and actually you guys both make great points. Um, I just hope Chad Henney's not listening, um, <laughs> but um, I, I do want to put this out here. It's like, you saw how things went so well in training camp. We saw how things went so well, maybe the first three weeks of the season. I felt like there was such, and this is amongst the players, there was a real fear, there was a real worry of, okay, how are we going to go about our business? The franchises, the teams, I should say, were really sticking to protocol. But now, you know, the enemy of, uh, of all of this is that people start to think, okay, because we haven't heard of many cases in the league, we could probably be a little lax. And I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that's what kind of happened with the Titans situation I feel like they got a little lax, and I, I believe they're going to get a, a huge fine now because this is going on two weeks of new cases with them. Um, I, I want to get your quick thoughts. What do you feel about when you hear about teams getting fined now for the way they are handling business in regards to protocols? Mitch, I'm going to start back with you. I mean, yeah, I definitely think they should get fined. I even think they should do some draft capital for it. If they're, you know, because I heard that they, uh, where I saw that they met up uh, last week whenever they weren't supposed to because of this COVID stuff. And, you know, if they're intentionally breaking those rules, they should definitely be fine. They should definitely be penalized. I mean, this is going to be a long season if this keeps happening, if other teams continue to break these protocols. And if it keeps happening, they may not even have a season. So I do think that you know, it's right for the Titans to, uh, to get fined or get penalized um, because especially if they're the only team doing it. I mean, they've, this lasted two weeks now, and now, you know, both the uh, Steelers and the Bills are being affected by it and affecting the whole NFL. So, yeah, one hundred percent. There has to be consequences. Uh, the league has to make an emergency now and fast, and, and do it with a swift hand. Because if they don't, if they don't set that standard, they don't set those that parameter of this will not be tolerated in any way, shape, or form. It, it will leak into other squads, and exactly like you said, Ed. There, yeah, there is not taking it as serious now because. They didn't. It didn't seem as serious, um, but it, it's obviously still a serious situation, still a serious problem. So yes, they, the, the league needs to set an example, whatever that may be. You know, force a forfeiture. Um, yeah, to take away uh, draft picks, find the team, find the coaches, find the players, whatever. It, it needs to be taken care of right away. 
Yeah, so let's definitely hope over the next uh, week or two weeks or so, most teams or all the teams get the memo and really step up their protocols because we don't want any games to be canceled or moved around, just like we just had with this New England Patriots game, which we should get into a little bit. Guys, what, what was your overall thoughts on the defense? I feel like the Chiefs defense now has really become the unsung hero of the team. And uh, the performance they had, yes, it was against two backup quarterbacks, but you have to feel good about what you saw in the secondary and also at the defensive line. Um, Talon, we'll come back to you. What do you think of the uh, Chiefs' defense at this point in the season? Oh, yeah, they, they played so well, especially without Chris Jones. It was definitely impressive, and, and the reason the Chiefs were able to win the game the way they did. Um, yeah, I mean, Patriots obviously weren't at full strength, but neither was the Chiefs. And, uh, you know, when you look at the play of the secondary that you, that you alluded to, I was thrilled to death to see Rashad Fenton have the game he did. I knew we all know what to expect out of Tyron Matthew, and that's kind of what he did. He was that honey badger type of guy. And, then, you know, I was also thrilled to death to see Juan Thornhill apparently seem to be 100%. And I think he's kind of – he's back to the form in mid last year. So I'm really excited to see the growth of this secondary, not only within, like, you know, getting – Rashad Breland back and, and all that stuff and getting healthy, but just to see them develop as individual players, it's, it's, it's so awesome. I think it's going to really help glue this defense together for the long run. Yeah, I agree with everything that Talon says. It just really gives me confidence that, you know, the Chiefs can still win games, even if our offense can't put up, you know, 20 to 30 points. Um, we can still be in these games with just the, uh, the defensive talent we have right now. Um, you know, if you look at, you know, you know, uh, at our defensive linemen, they're definitely elite. Our linebackers are a little shaky, but, I mean, they definitely get the job done. And then our secondary right now is honestly one of our strongest parts on the team, I feel like, the way they've been playing. So this defense definitely gives me confidence that moving forward that we're going to be okay and that, you know, they can definitely get that job done and shut down any offense in the NFL. I mean, it's definitely an encouraging look in regards to the way the team is, has looked on defense, I should say. Um, especially, you know, you talk about Juan Thornhill, a guy coming off an ACL tear. I didn't expect him to be this good so fast. I expected it to be some rust and maybe, you know, kind of ease him back into the defense. But he seems like he's right on target and he's making plays. And that's exactly what you want out of your secondary. And obviously, speaking of making plays, let's flip it to the other side. Uh, McCole Hardman got in the end zone this week. Uh, you saw some things with Patrick Mahomes where he didn't look as sharp, and that could be because of the um, the Belichick defensive schemes. I want to get your thoughts on that. Do you feel like that was more Mahomes having maybe a tough start to the game, or was it more Belichick's uh, scheme? So I'm, I'm going to come back to you on that one, Mitch. Um, I think it's definitely a little bit of both. Um, I think the game going and going to the next day definitely kind of hurt. You know, everybody just kind of seemed like they were a little off a little bit, um, including the Patriots. Uh, but Belichick, you know, they talked about it during the game. Belichick's the only uh, coach to keep the Chiefs from scoring a touchdown in the first half. So it was an amazing game plan by by Bill Belichick. And um, I don't think uh, if the Chiefs play again, I don't think that'll happen again. I do think uh, if they, as long as they play on time and Mahomes, you know, comes to play, I think that shouldn't happen again. But um, it definitely was interesting to see Mahomes struggle early uh, that hard. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what Bill Belichick is known for is, is finding anybody's weakness and, and exposing it and taking advantage of it. And that's just what Bill Belichick has done his entire career. But yeah, it, it's it is a bit surprising to see how well they were able to throw Mahomes off. But, you know, but also when you look at Mahomes' stat line, it's not like he had that bad of a day. 
you know, it's it's like our memories playing or uh, yeah, our memories playing tricks on us because we're so used to seeing the Mahomes, the elite tier that he's usually at, and then when we see him kind of drop down a little bit, it's like you know we're we don't panic, but it's like well, this is weird. There's got to be something wrong. What's going on? Well, nothing's wrong. He's just he's human. You know, it, it's it's we've been uh, spoiled these last seasons, uh, last few seasons, and now when he gets a 236, two touchdown, 113.6 rating day, it's like, oh man, like what was going on? Like it, this, that used to be normal for Chiefs fans. That used to be like a good day. Now, if we can, you know, if he does that every now and then and, and, you know, gives us a bad day, I think we'll be okay because, you know, the Chiefs are just a, an extraordinarily good team. It's interesting. His bad day is sort of like a, an average day for most quarterbacks in the NFL. So that just puts in perspective for how good Mahomes has been uh, throughout his career. Now we look ahead to this Sunday's matchup. Hopefully it will be on this Sunday uh, against the, the Vegas Raiders now. It sounds weird just saying the Las Vegas Raiders and not the Oakland Raiders. When you see this team, is there anybody that really stands out to you on offense? I mean, you know you have Derek Waller. You, you know, Derek Carr is, is always sometime at the quarterback position. They have another year under, under, under Gruden. Are you seeing anything in the Raiders offense that says, okay, there's some guys we need to worry about? And I'm telling them to start with you on that. Yeah, man. I am a little bit not concerned, but I do think we need to prepare for Hunter Renfro. He is just having a very underrated year. Um, he's, he was a star at Clemson. He was, you know, the famous national championship winning catch um, from Deshaun Watson. That, that, you know, Renfro has kind of been under the radar growing in this uh, Vegas offense. And uh, he, he's, a young kid, this is like his second, third year in the league, and he just keeps getting better and better and better, and Derek Carr keeps trusting him more and more and more. So, you know, you have to have targets behind Waller. You can't hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs 50 times. So you have to have more weapons in the offense. And with Henry Ruggs dealing with injuries right now, your high-profile rookie, you have to lean on the guys that have been around the organization. And for me, Hunter Renfro is just really growing in that offense. So the Chiefs need to prepare for, for something for Renfro. Yeah, yeah, Hunter Renfro is definitely our number one, you know, besides Waller and Jacobs. He's definitely the number one player to look at this week. Um, I also want to keep an eye out for Nelson Aguilar. He had a really good game last week. Kind of looks like he's coming into his own in this Raiders offense. So he he's definitely a player to look at also. Um, when you look at this Raiders offense, seven, seven different players have scored a touchdown or have had a receiving touchdown. So Derek Carr is getting the ball around. He is targeting players in the red zone, and he's getting the job done. Um, I've actually been impressed by the Raiders' offense throughout the first four games, so it'll be interesting how how they do against the uh, rate against the Chiefs secondary, who's coming off two really good games. I mean, it should be interesting just to see how they kind of match up. Like you said, the Chiefs' defense coming off a, a great game, they're going against a uh, Raiders' offense that I, I feel like is still trying to find themselves. Derek Carr is such an up and down quarterback, so you don't know if you're going to get the good Derek Carr or the bad Derek Carr from week to week. But uh, if you look on the other side of the ball for their defense, they've had trouble, you know, rushing the passer and and really um, establishing any type of uh, any type of pass rush so far this season. And they've already had uh, Maurice Hurst is the player that is um, tested positive for COVID, so he won't be available. He's one of their better pass rushers. They still got Max Crosby. What are your thoughts on that defense on the Raiders? And do they have even a shot of slowing down Mahomes and the Chiefs offense? Mitch, we'll start back with you. I mean, I definitely think they have a shot. They do have people that can rush the passer. They got Max Crosby, 
they like they have a Colin Farrell who I really like. I know he hasn't really done much this season, but if they're able to get to Mahomes, kind of like how uh, how the Chargers were a couple weeks ago, um, they have Jonathan Abram in the secondary who can do some things. But I do think the Chiefs have a lot of success offensively in this game. I just think the Chiefs just match up better. They have the better weapons. They have the better coaches. And I just think they get the job done. But uh, the Raiders definitely do have a shot if they can get a pass rush. But like you said, they just haven't been able to do that very well this year. So I don't think that should be a problem this Sunday. The, the the Raider defense is they're they're decent they're they're definitely above average unit uh you know they're they're solid against the run they even Sammy Watkins getting in on it with a lot of deep passes because Jonathan Abram is going to be out of place in a lot of things because I guarantee Reed has seen something on film where he's he knows what Abram's going to do so he's going to drop the perfect play to to get the big uh big gasher there it's going to be a uh, an interesting um, tilt right there. And like I said, we don't know what we're going to get out of the uh, Raiders' defense. You say they're above average. I want to see something from them. I, I felt like they've been – they've kind of been uh, up and down, kind of like the offense. I, I think that's just, just the Raiders in general. Weren't they like an 8-8 eight and eight team last season? I don't know if anybody remembers the record. I mean, yeah, they're like – they pick like 13th or 14th in the draft. So, yeah, they were somewhere in the middle. They just – they had that middle-of-the-road type of um, setup. And obviously, it's their first year in Vegas. It's a home game for the Chiefs. This is still a rivalry type of game. Does it still have the same feel to it, you know, that has had in the past? We talk about a Raiders-Chiefs game in town. I didn't get your opinion on that. Is it still as strong as it's, as it's ever been, this rivalry? I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to say it's, it's at its strongest point right now because, I mean, you know – with how good the Chiefs have been and how much they've dominated the Raiders recently, you know, yeah, it'd be nice to see it kind of go back and forth. I mean, I say that, you know, haphazardly, but, um, but no, it's not as good as it used to be. Like when you think back in the nineties or, or, you know, before our time in the eighties and, and even back in the sixties in the old AFL. And forth and, Never knew which team was going to get the better hand or the upper hand or whatever. But, yeah, now with Mahomes and the Chiefs offense and how much success they've had and, and the Raiders have gone through such turmoil this whole decade and even beyond, and even before, it's definitely not as intense, but it's still Raider week. You, you still love to see the black and silver against the red and white. So it's still going to be a fun game. But, yeah, it's definitely a little lackluster with all this one-sided wins. I mean, ever since Andy Reid has taken over for the Chiefs, uh, I mean – He's owned this division, and I think ever since he came in, it just hasn't really even hasn't really been a rivalry. Uh, the Chiefs have just been too good. I mean, it's a great talking point. It's a good good way to get the Chiefs motivated, but just the way the Chiefs have played and how they've owned this division the last couple of years, I I just don't view it the same way anymore. Um, maybe if the Raiders gave up a little bit more of a fight, maybe going forward, um, I can start seeing it as a rivalry again. But you got to win games to make it a rivalry. I mean, I guess the, uh, the the legacy of the the rivalry between them in the past probably dies down because, like you said, it hasn't been much of anything with Andy Reid at the helm with the Chiefs. But let's actually look ahead once again to this matchup. We have to pick our wild cards now in this game. Who do you feel like is the uh, is going to be the unsung hero, the guy that will make the most plays necessary for the Chiefs? And uh, Talon, I want you to start off on this one. Who is your wild card heading into this week? I'm going to go with Sammy Watkins. I think he's going to have a big game. Uh, I think the, the defense for the Raiders are going to be so focused on Kelsey and Hill. Um, I think Watkins is going to get a lot of one-on-one matchups. He's going to get a lot of 
you know, middle of the, the zone defense catches and, and do a lot of damage in, in, in little chunks and then eventually have a big play as well. So I do think Sammy Watkins has a big day, and I think that's going to be the driving force of the Chiefs offense this week. Um, I'm going to go with Willie Gay. Uh, you know, he got his first start last week against the, the Patriots, so I'm assuming he's going to start again this week against the Raiders. Um, it'd be really cool if he can shut down Josh Jacobs, maybe get a couple pass rushes. Um, it's been a while since the Chiefs have had a really good linebacker, and I'd really like to see him kind of, you know, now that we're getting closer to the middle of the season, kind of become that number one guy over Anthony Hitchens and uh, really take over this group. So I'm going to go with him as he uh, likely gets his second start this week. You know what? I'm going to go with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because, yes, he had the big game um, opening night. He's been kind of uh, – he's been good. He's been, like, okay, you know, not as great as he was the first night of the year. So I feel like he's due for a breakout game. And just because the way the Raiders' defense and I was going to be focused on Mahomes, putting pressure on Mahomes, that using Hilaire out of the backfield as another pass catcher a lot more than he's probably done in the past – will be something that I feel like he could really he could really um, benefit from just because there are, there is going to be a pass rush and you want to have a guy that you know can catch out of the backfield, make people miss. I just feel like this is a good situation for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire to have a big game. All right, so we've reached that part in the show, guys. It's time for predictions, okay? So far, I think we're all batting 1,000 except for Talon. Italian. Oh, I oh it ouch. ouch. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't just wait. I'm going to make my move one of these days. You're not even going to see it coming. <laughs> okay. We're going to be ready for that one. So, um, Talon, because like I said, you are, uh, you, you are not, you, you're the one that's not perfect right now. I should say, what is your prediction for score and who's going to win? Uh, I think this is going to be a pretty one-sided affair. I think that there might be a little bit of a first quarter back and forth, but I think the Chiefs um, grow that lead in the second and then build on it in the second half. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say a Chiefs semi-blowout. I'll go 31-14. to Yeah, I got the Chiefs winning. Oh, sorry. I got the Chiefs winning. I got the Chiefs winning big here also. Um, I think, uh, you know, they come out playing really, really strong after their performance last week. I got them winning 34-17. Okay, 34-17. That's good. Um, you know what? It, because, like, I, I always – this is kind of like what I said with the Chargers game. It's an AFC West rivalry game. No matter what the records are, no matter how good the teams may look, it's, it's always going to be close just because of the proximity in regards to these teams face each other every single year, twice a year. There's so much history behind it. So I'm going to give the Raiders a little bit of a break here. I'm going to say Chiefs still win, but it's going to be 27-24. I'm going to give them that much. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh. What are you going to say, Talon? No, I mean, I don't know, man. That's pretty uh, – <laughs> giving the defense of the Raiders a lot of credit, man. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's funny. I was just bashing them most of the show. But <laughs> I think <laughs> – I just think that it's a rivalry game, so you can't really, you know, just count a team out, even though on paper the Chiefs should take care of business. I just feel like they'll give them a little scare in the first half, but they'll take care of things. And I want to say it will end on a Butker field goal, but I got to admit, and I'm going to pose this question to you guys real quick. 
he's he's been a little shaky the last uh, last couple of weeks with the extra points. Do you guys have any uh, any opinions on that? The fact that Butker, I think three straight weeks has missed an extra point. Mitch, you got any thoughts on that? He's been good enough, um, you know, with his time with Kansas City that I'm going to give him a little bit of benefit of the doubt. I think he's going to get it together, but if he doesn't get things together by the time by week twelve, week week thirteen, I, so he's got a lot of time to get it together for me. Um, we're going to be in be in some big trouble. I'm going to have some issues, you know, once playoffs come. But I think he'll get it together. I'm hoping he, you know, finds his head a little bit. But I'm a little bit of concerned. But uh, I think he, he's been good enough that he'll find his footing. I think we may need to look in the mirror a little bit on this one because ever since we said he was better or we would we would choose him over Justin Tucker, he has made us look like a bunch of jackasses because it's just ever since we said that, he has been struggling. And I think he just needs to get out of his own head. You know, the, the week two heroics somehow got in his, into a psyche and he, he read too many headlines and he, he created this pressure that really isn't there. So he needs to just – refocus, get back to where he was, you know, pre, uh, you know, preseason in camp and, and get in the right mindset because he is just way, way into his own head. I would, you know what? I, I would definitely have to believe that. I don't think he's made complete, you know, asses out of all of us. But I still think he's a really good kicker. And I want to see him bounce back. But, you know, there is some concern there. We're not talking about it because the team is winning. But three straight weeks missing an extra point. I don't know if it's because of the new holder with Tommy Townsend or something, but that's that's something that just can't happen, especially with a team that, you know, needs to put up points. And like you said, Mitch, we're going to go later into the season where it's going to be highlighted a lot more. I don't want to have to say, oh, man, we're gonna, the Chiefs are going to be in a market for a kicker because I don't think anybody wants to hear that at this point. So it's uh, it'll definitely be something to watch. But uh, hopefully – and you know what? I, could, I might as well say it right now since the show will air um, during the week. Do you guys believe this game will be played on Sunday? because we've had the early report with the Raiders um, having one, one player test positive. Do you guys believe this, this game is still going to be played on Sunday, Talon? I'm hopeful it will with, with how early it's, you know, it's, it's only Wednesday and I know tomorrow's Thursday and stuff, but um, you know, if it's going to happen, I feel like the peak is going to be tomorrow and Friday uh, with hope, which hopefully that'll give them enough time, you know, to, to do what they need to do with tracing and, and, and play that game on Sunday. You know, I, I hope that's how it goes. I'm not hundred percent confident. Um, but I will just go ahead and say I do think it will be played on Sunday. Yeah, I think it'll – I'm going to go ahead and say, yeah, it's going to get be, get played. Um, I'm not very confident in that, so I wouldn't put any money down on it. But uh, I just think, you know, the scare last week, the Chiefs are being a little bit more careful. And I know, they're, you know, the rest of the NFL is kind of, you know, being more careful with just the recent outbreak. So I'm hoping that protocols are followed and that it'll end up getting played. But I'm going to say yes, but uh, I'm not very confident saying that. This is the new world. This is definitely the new world. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully this time next week we'll be talking about uh, the upcoming Thursday. I believe Thursday night would be the following game for the Chiefs. So it's like this game has to be played on Sunday or it's really going to throw the entire uh, schedule out of whack. Right? I believe it's the following game is a Thursday night game. Yeah. it's uh, yeah. This- yeah. To play. Yeah, so it's uh, this game has to has to happen, or I don't think they can push it back unless they push it to the end of the season, like you were saying, Talon. So we'll see what happens. Let's, you know, let's hope for good news. But um, until until next time, 
Mitch Carney, Telegraph guys, thank you as always. Chiefs Wire Podcast, we are back and on the line right now, he is the managing editor of the Raiders Wire. I got Mr. Marcus Moshner. Marcus, how's it going? It's going well, Ed. How are you doing? Going great, man. Um, now, obviously, things are not going too great in the NFL as there have been a spike in uh, COVID cases. And the most recent case has uh, affected the, uh, the Vegas Raiders. Uh, can you give us a little more insight on uh, what's going on on that end? Yeah, so right now, as of this recording, there's just one confirmed case, and that's defensive tackle Maurice Terse, um, who was potentially in line to get some more snaps this week after playing well in week four. Uh, it was announced on Tuesday that he's going on the uh, COVID reserve list, um, so he will not be available in this game. There was another report from ESPN this morning that another Raiders player has tested positive. Um, there's some in the organization that are disputing that, so we'll see what happens there, but um, you know, if that is the case, uh, the Raiders could be in the midst of a little bit of an outbreak here, and that could potentially put this game against the Chiefs in danger. So it's certainly something worth monitoring from the Raiders' side of things. Yeah, it definitely is. And, you know, we just had the game with the Patriots pushed to Monday night. Uh, the Patriots uh, since uh, have had uh, another, um, another positive case in uh, uh, Stephon Gilmore. Mm-hmm. Now we're looking at uh, another game that could be impacted and obviously involves the Chiefs as well. What do you know if there is some type of like extra protocol to make sure these guys because I know they have to go through another round of testing and they have to hold off on practices. What are you hearing as maybe being a possible like deadline for when they have to make that type of decision? Yeah, so they're going to get daily tested uh, for the next three days. We'll see if the Raiders practice today. Uh, it's, it's still a little bit up in the air. My guess is no. Uh, but they knew the, the Raiders in the NFL knew going into the season, there was going to be cases and uh, there's going to be certain ways that they have to deal with these things. So uh, as of right now, don't expect the Raiders to practice on Wednesday. If they get a full round of, you know, negative tests here on Wednesday and they all come back fine. I expect everything to go, you know, as planned for, for Sunday. But uh, again, we've seen now where, you know, you can get four or five, negative tests in a row and then a positive one pops up like the Gilmore one so you're never fully out of the woods here but again I expect the Raiders as long as they get a round of negative tests here on Wednesday uh, to to fully go ahead for that you know week five game against the Chiefs. We are definitely in a new time right now this is a brand new world so we're all trying to navigate the best way we can but uh, here's something that we do know and that's football and we can we can definitely start talking about what's happening on the field how do you feel about this uh, team so far, this Raiders squad? Uh, do you feel like they're really buying into Gruden's system and this is uh, really a group that can actually contend down the line? Yeah, it's funny because, you know, going into the season, you know, you look at the Raiders' schedule and you see them playing the Saints and the Bills and the Chiefs, uh, you know, here in week five. You would think if they got to two and two, that would be, you know, a great start. And that's exactly what they did. They were able to, to win the games that they were supposed to win. Um, they, they upset the Saints. So I think there's a lot to be optimistic about, but we saw here against New England and against Buffalo, they're still a ways away from truly being a competitive team in the AFC. Um, but again, if they can get healthy, if they can get some, you know, they, if they can get some of their guys back at wide receiver and defensive back, maybe this is a wild card team. Uh, I do believe this team is talented. I do believe they love John Gruden as their coach. 
Uh, there's a lot of things to be optimistic about. They've been in basically every game so far. Um, it, their talent level just isn't on the same level as the, uh, as the top teams in the AFC. Okay, I definitely hear that. And, you know, obviously when you talk about the Raiders, one of the biggest stories is always the quarterback position. Are they happy with Derek Carr? Do they feel like they have to, you know, make a deal later? Do they have to look in the draft? What is the deal with – is Derek Carr the guy in Vegas? I, I, that's something I, I, I think everyone's still trying to figure out. Yeah, and I think the answer is it depends on the week, right? Like this week he had good statistical numbers, but the turnovers in the end, or in the red zone, the fumbles – uh, the lack of playmaking down the field makes you wonder, okay, does John Gruden want more of this quarterback? Is he willing to to let go of a, of a good thing to potentially get a great thing this offseason? I don't know. Um, it's also not necessarily fair to judge Carr on what we saw like on Sunday against Buffalo. Again, no Henry Ruggs, no Brian Edwards. You're playing with you know some journeymen and, and Zay Jones and Nelson Aguilar as your top two receivers. I do think by the end of the season we'll get a pretty good idea. Uh, cars yet to throw an interception. The offensive line has been banged up, but I think always in the back of John Gruden's mind is, is this an elite quarterback play that can get us to the playoffs and win playoff games? Right now, my answer is no, but it doesn't necessarily mean that Carr is a bad option either. So they're kind of stuck in no man's land. Uh, we'll see what the rest of the season brings for Derek Carr. We, sh we shall see. I mean, it's always been an up-and-down discussion when it comes to him. There's days where he looks like he could be one of the top quarterbacks in the NFL, and there are other days where he could probably look like a backup. So we shall yeah. see how it's going to be from this Sunday. But uh, obviously, speaking of this matchup, whenever you have these two teams go against each other, the rivalry, we talk about the stories and the, the games in the past, when you see the, the way the teams are lined up now, do you feel like the Raiders can really try to contend with the Chiefs, you know, during a game that they could either, you know, I, I know we say they're on two different talent spectrums right now, but can they contend with this team and try to like hold on for most of the game? No. I mean, I, I mean, that's, 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 pretty that's really the answer, right? It's, it's no, uh, I mean, we could, we could talk ourselves into scenarios in which maybe they hang around in the third and fourth quarter uh, they would need to run the ball really well. And listen, we did see New England do that last week against Kansas City, right? They brought Damian Harris off the injured reserve list, and he rushes for 100 yards. I think uh, the Ve the Vegas Raiders have a better offensive line. I think Josh Jacobs is a, uh, a better running back. But the problem here is they just don't have the defense stop to stop Mahomes, right? Uh, even when this defense is playing well, they just don't have the talent level. They, they don't have the corners. They don't have the pass rush. Mahomes is going to have all day to throw. Uh, the linebackers have been atrocious this year. So uh, it's one of these games, too, where if the Raiders get down 10-0, 14-0, it's over. They just don't have the offense to compete and to try to claw back into these games. So, uh, no, I, I, I don't see any scenario outside of three, four turnovers from Kansas City where the Raiders can hang around. You know, you know, it's funny. Here's the way I look at it. Obviously, you know, this is the Chiefs Wire podcast and, mm -hmm. and, you know, that you're being very honest about where the state of the Raiders are right now. I'm a little more optimistic or decide that the Raiders can be a surprising team. And, and just the um, going off of what happened with the Chargers game, whenever you have an AFC West type of matchup and teams playing each other in a division, it's always going to be a close game. And that's fair. Now, let, let me do a little counter-argument to that, right? The way that the Chargers match up with Kansas City is they have a, a really good front four that can get pressure on Mahomes and they can drop seven into coverage. 
and they at least can limit um, Mahomes that way. The problem with the Raiders is they just don't have a pass rush. And now that you take Maurice Hurst out of this game, uh, Malik Collins, their defensive tackle, has been uh, the absolute worst uh, pass rushing defensive tackle in the league, according to Pro Football Focus. Cleveland Farrell is more of a run stopper than a pass rusher. Max Crosby has been up and down. They have to get they have to blitz to get pressure. And Paul Gunther, their defensive coordinator, doesn't love blitzing. It's not something they're they they are good at. And then you have all these injuries in the secondary. So there's going to be there's going to be guys running wide open. They don't have anybody that can match up with Travis Kelsey. So maybe the AFC, you know, West part of it factors in a little bit. Um, but I don't know. I, I again, this, this just feels like two teams at totally different ends of the spectrum right now in terms of their uh, where they're at after the first weeks of the season. I listen. I do agree. I think long term. I think the Raiders do have some talent, and I think maybe by the end of the season, once some of these younger guys develop. Maybe they'll have a better chance to hang in some of these games. But in week five, no, I don't think they're going to compete. All right. That's an honest assessment. I like it. You know, um, but uh, we'll definitely see on this, this Sunday. Now, I have to ask you, this is the first year in Vegas in obviously such an odd season as it is. Is there a, a real feel of a difference, I should say, knowing that the Raiders are the Las Vegas Raiders instead of the Oakland Raiders? Can you like get like a sense of the atmosphere in regards to the team and the fan base? Yeah, they're excited. I think the the Las Vegas energy has certainly brought some excitement around the team. They can't wait to have fans in that stadium. And once that stadium in 2021 is packed full of fans, it's going to be incredible. I think that's going to be one of the bigger home field advantages um, in all of football, not only because of uh, how awesome that stadium is. But listen, anytime you bring an NFL team to Las Vegas, you know, a night before the game, I think that's always going to be a little bit, bit of a problem. Uh, but no, I think that this, this move to Vegas has been really exciting. And I think they're, they're really, um, they're really happy with how it's gone so far. I hear that. And it's definitely a beautiful stadium. Uh, whenever they, they showed it on Monday night football uh, for that week two matchup. And I was like, this is a great stadium just to see it, how it would look packed. Mm-hmm. would just be amazing. So uh, I think it was a great move. Uh, obviously, it was a lot of, you know, hurt feelings. Do you feel like there are some, like, carried over hurt feelings from people in Oakland for losing the team again? Uh, a little bit. And I think, you know, with the way that they just so abruptly, mo- you know, decided to move, I think that did hurt the the, the feelings of a lot of people out in Oakland. Uh, but listen, they're Raider fans, you know, thick and thin. So they're, they're going to support this team. It doesn't matter if it's in Los Angeles whether it's in Oakland or Las Vegas, they're Raiders fans to the death. So um, I I think they'll be okay. All right. We'll definitely see what happens. Um, Marcus, I just now have to get your your final prediction (laughs) on the game this Sunday. Can you give us a score and how you think, uh, who you think is going to come out on top? Yeah. To quote the great clubber Lang from Rocky three, my prediction pain. I I don't expect a very (laughs) good game in this one. I expect it to be, you know, Kansas City 34-35 to the Raiders 20-21. Maybe a couple garbage time scores for, for Derek Carr and the Raiders to make this closer than what it uh, what really is. But I expect a double-digit victory here from Kansas City. Well, we will definitely look forward to that. And uh, it, should be, it should be a fun matchup regardless of, you know, if it's a double-digit score or not. Uh, Marcus, I appreciate your honesty and uh, – just being very open about your Raiders, and uh, we'll look we'll look forward to seeing what happens, man. Yeah, and it's uh, it'll be nice to talk to you later in the season. So I'm looking forward to that. Definitely, man. Take care. All right. Yep. You too.
for everyone at Chiefs Wire. We'd like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode. Make sure to follow us on social media at Chiefs Wire for more information. I'm Ed Easton Jr. Check us out next time. Mm-hmm.